Hello, friends, and welcome to Sleep Tight Stories. I'd like to say hello to Lucy Patton, who is seven from Whitburn, Scotland, who has her first ever dance competition on the 1st of October. Good luck, Lucy. Hello to Anna, who is six, Claire, who is almost five, and Leah, who is three. Hello to Jack, who is in grade three in French school. And hello to Hudson and Brooks in Hamilton, Canada. Happy belated birthday to Alden, who turned six on September 14th. Happy belated birthday to Avina from Waltham, Massachusetts, who turned one on September 18th. Happy belated birthday to Matthew from Bangkok, Thailand, who turned 10 on September 19th, with love from Mommy Cat. Happy birthday to our daughter, Katrina. Happy birthday to Addie in Collingswood, New Jersey, who is turning five on September 26th. Happy birthday to Billy, who is turning nine on September 27th. Happy birthday to Leah, who is turning six on September 26th. Mom, Cam, Kai, and the kitties love you. Happy birthday to Abhinit from Dehradun, India, who is an avid chess player and is turning 11 on September 28th. Mom and Dad love you. Keep playing chess. Happy birthday to Madeline, who is turning nine on September 28th. You are loved and missed. Happy birthday to Finn West from Zama, Japan, who is turning eight on September 29th. Mama, Dada, and Miles love you. Happy birthday to Autumn Giroux, who is turning 10 on September 29th. With love from Mom, Dad, Aria, Rambo, Luna, and Eeyore. Happy birthday to Ariana from Northern California, who is turning six on September 29th. Penelope, Mom, and Dad wish you a very happy birthday. Happy birthday to Tina from Pennsylvania, who is turning eight on September 30th. Mommy, Daddy, Henry, and the chickens and turkeys love you very much. A big happy birthday to Eli, who is turning seven on October 1st. And happy birthday to McKenna May from California, who is turning seven on October 1st. A big birthday wish from mom, dad, and Graham. They love you lots. Happy birthday to you all. I hope you have a wonderful day. Shoutouts and birthday wishes are one way we give thanks to our supporters. If you would like to support us and receive more bedtime entertainment like this, all ad-free, please visit our support page at sleeptightstories.org support. Thank you. Little Timmy loves to read and wishes more than anything to get more books. He asks his grandfather to take him to the library in Barleybrook, but his grandfather says he doesn't have time. 
Timmy decides he will find a way there on his own. After meeting Tinkle and going for a ride, an idea comes to Timmy's mind, and he decides he will go to the circus and get Tinkle and ride over to the library to get some new books. Little Timmy and Tinkle Find the Library, Part 2 Timmy's room was dim, with the first light of dawn filtering through the old yellowed curtains. Waking up, his heart started to race. He was nervous. He had been on some adventures in the past, running through the backwoods and following the stream to the mouth of the river, but nothing could compare to what he had planned to do today. He quietly and slowly slid out of his bed, careful not to make noise from his squeaky old bed or to let the wooden boards creak beneath his weight. Imagining himself a ninja, like he read in a magazine at the grocery store once, he tiptoed across the room, picking up his small knapsack that he hoped would be big enough to hold all the books he planned to borrow. The smell of old books and pine wafted in from the living room. Timmy paused, pressing his ear to the door. He could hear the comforting sound of his grandfather's loud snores. It was not uncommon for him to fall asleep reading, and Timmy often found him in the morning, still in his armchair, a book resting on his lap, glasses skewed. As he approached the door, memories came flooding back, specifically the soft whisper of his mother's voice. Books and the stories they contain, my dear Timmy, have magic. They take you places, introduce you to wonders, teach you, and most of all, they keep our hearts warm. His mother's wish had been for him to read as much as possible, to explore the world through tales and adventures locked within pages. Shaking off the memory, Timmy carefully opened the door. Like the rest of the house, it squeaked ever so slightly. He saw his grandfather, as expected, asleep with an old adventure novel nestled on his chest. The dim lamp beside him gave a soft glow, making the lines on his face seem deeper. For a moment, Timmy felt guilty. He hated the possibility of making the only family he had left worry. But the thirst for more books and a little adventure drove him forward. Timmy gently closed the door behind him, stepped out into the chilly morning air, and began his journey to the circus ground. He knew that the circus was packing up to leave Rye River, and so wouldn't have any performances. He hoped that Tinkle would be where he was the last time he met him, and that the little pony would be as up for the trip as Timmy was.
By the time Timmy made his way through the still-sleeping town, the sun began its ascent, painting the horizon in hues of pink and orange. Autumn leaves crunching beneath his feet and the distant sound of the river were the only sounds to be heard. His idea was simple. With Tinkle, he would make it to the library in Barleybrook and he'd be back before nightfall. If he was quicker, no one would notice his nor Tinkle's absence. If it took longer than he hoped, his grandfather surely would understand once he returned with a load of new books and stories to share. Timmy walked a bit faster to try and make up time. Leaving what Rye River called the downtown, which was just a single street that snaked through the valley where the rivers met, Timmy finally arrived at the field where the circus had set up. The circus grounds were a flurry of activity. Canvas tents were coming down. People looking half asleep, some still in partial costumes, were packing their trunks. And animals were being led to their trailers. The colorful world that had been the talk of Rye River for the past week was moving on to the next small town. Timmy quickly approached, his eyes darting around, searching for the familiar, spirited pony he had met. I hope he hasn't been led to a trailer yet, or even worse, already left. Walking into the field left him momentarily confused. When he came here with his grandfather, they drove in with his truck, and he had quickly parked away from the main entrance, towards where the stalls for the animals were kept. Walking around the now messy circular expanse and behind a small cluster of tents, he spotted a group of ponies being groomed. And there, standing a little apart from the rest, was Tinkle. Recognizing the boy, Tinkle neighed softly, his eyes lighting up. Timmy couldn't help but grin, rushing forward to stroke the pony's mane. I wish I spoke pony language so that we could talk, Timmy said to Tinkle, with Tinkle looking up at him like he understood what he had said. I need your help. As he whispered his plans to Tinkle, a hand landed gently on his shoulder. He looked up to see a woman with fiery red hair, dressed in worn overalls, and a face still sporting the remnants of the makeup she must have worn during the night's last performance. You seem quite taken with Tinkle, she said, her voice warm. Timmy, hesitating for a moment, poured out his plan to her, explaining his desperate wish to visit the Barleybrook Library. The performer, introduced as Miss Alara, listened intently, her face a mask of thought. After what felt like hours to Timmy, Miss Alara knelt down, her eyes bright meeting Timmy's. I understand the power of a good book and the stories they contain, she began, recalling her own childhood where books had been her escape. I won't be leaving with the ponies until later this evening, 
but you must promise to take care of Tinkle and return him safely. Timmy nodded vigorously, promising with all his heart. With Miss Alara's help, he mounted Tinkle, feeling a rush of excitement and a tad bit of fear. The circus performer handed him a small pouch. Some bread and water for your journey, she winked. Timmy thanked her, realizing he had left the house without any food or drink for him or Tinkle for the whole day. As the circus continued its pack-up, Timmy and Tinkle started on their way toward the library as quickly as Tinkle's little legs could safely take them. Leaving the circus grounds and the town soccer field beside it, the worn-out dirt roads behind Rye River stretched before them. The roads were familiar to Timmy from his occasional walks with his grandfather. Tinkle's hooves kicked up small clouds of dust, leaving a trail behind them. Soon, the dirt transitioned to the smoother, paved roads leading to the outskirts on the other side of town. Dirt roads were less frequent in Rye River, something his grandfather complained about frequently. Timmy felt the difference beneath him as Tinkle's trot became more rhythmic on the hard surface. The steady clip-clop of hooves, rustling leaves, and distant bird calls provided a backdrop to little Timmy's adventure. Timmy knew from many of the stories that he had read in the past that taking shortcuts always led to problems. But if he was going to get to the library and back in time, he would have to take the risk. Leaving the hard surface of the road, Timmy and Tinkle entered a farmer's field in the general direction of Barleybrook. Tinkle hesitated. Perhaps Tinkle, too, had read the same stories? But with a gentle nudge and the reassurance of Timmy's voice, they continued off the road through a farmer's fallow field towards a tree line that separated the various plots of land. As they continued, the duo crossed meadows where the tall grass brushed against Timmy's legs and he felt the cool breeze ruffle Tinkle's mane. They ventured through thickets of woods where the trees stood tall like sentinels of old, watching over them. Timmy imagined them to be ancient guardians from one of his books, and he greeted each with a nod, just in case. Ahead, they came upon a series of mud puddles, the aftermath of the previous night's rain. Timmy loved mud puddles, so he spurred Tinkle to jump over them. As it turned out, Tinkle loved mud puddles too. Each leap sent a splash of mud around, and Timmy's laughter echoed in the quiet woods. Tinkle neighed too. You certainly are a good jumper, Jimmy said to Tinkle as they continued. Tinkle, being a circus pony, spends a lot of time practicing jumps and other tricks to entertain those who come to see him 
and the other performers underneath the lights of the big tent. However, as time ticked by, Timmy became aware of just how far they still had to go, even with the shortcut. He didn't get to visit Barleybrook often, and when he did, it had always been by car or in his grandfather's truck. Though his grandfather would often complain about how far the drive was, it had seemed to Timmy but a quick drive. He recalled stories his mother told of his father and how he would drive great distances without showing signs of weariness. Timmy started telling some of those tales to Tinkle, hoping the stories would propel them forward. But as the sun rose in the sky and shadows started to form, what began as an early morning adventure was now stretching into the afternoon. Timmy noticed Tinkle's steps slowing down. Timmy started to think that he hadn't fully considered how much of a challenge riding to the library might be. Tinkle, although spirited, was no longer a young pony, and Timmy's leg and butt started to hurt. This was only the second time he had ridden a pony. The first time was when he met Tinkle just the other day. A short time later, when they crossed what Timmy hoped would be the last meadow they would have to cross until they could reach some kind of road, they came upon a quietly flowing stream, its waters glistening under the high sun. Thinking it best to give them both a rest, Timmy dismounted, allowing Tinkle to drink from the stream. Are you hungry, Tinkle? Timmy asked. Miss Elara gave us some food to share. I don't know exactly what you like to eat, but this is perhaps better than nothing. Tinkle came over to take a bite of bread from Timmy's hand. That's probably not enough for you, Timmy said, as he looked around the stream for other choices. Looking at the thicket just a few steps away, he saw what he was looking for, an apple tree. Rye River and Barley Brook were full of apple trees, which, though a bit sour for Timmy's taste, might prove to be just right for Tinkle. Timmy gathered several apples from the tree. He offered them to Tinkle, who ate them one by one with a series of crisp, crunching sounds, combined with occasional soft snorts as he savored each bite. I'm glad you like them, Tinkle, Timmy said as he went to sit by the stream, with Tinkle following him. As he sat by the stream, Tinkle leaned his head down towards Timmy. Stroking his mane gently, Timmy said, Oh, Tinkle, I don't know if we're going to make it to the library in time. I might have been too ambitious. What if we've come all this way for nothing? I just wanted more books and an adventure, but now I'm not so sure. Was his dream of reaching the Barley Brook Library just a fantasy? Was he too hasty? Or was there still hope in their quest?
And that is the end of this part. Good night. Sleep tight.